This morning we're going to talk about a formula. A formula from Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. If you have your handy-dandy outline in your bulletin on page 3, if you've got the handy-dandy outline, you will find this, uh, some blanks to fill in uh, about this, from this formula. And like I said, this formula comes from Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. And it's also uh, in your handy-dandy outline. You will find this uh, passage of Scripture up at the top. And I want to read it uh, for you today. And, and I, I'm going to put it up on the screen as well. And I'd like you to read along with me, okay? Let's read this together. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Let's do that one more time, okay? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. That's not the passage of Scripture we're going to read in the Bible today. You're like, why did we just do that? Well, that's the formula, but there's a passage of Scripture that I want you to turn to in your Bibles. So if you've got your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to hold that there for just a second. Matthew chapter 6, as we talk about the formula for how to have peace in our lives. And it has to do with this verse from Philippians 4, 6, and we'll get to the peace part a little bit later on. Um, but we're going to talk today about worry. And today's sermon is called, Don't Worry, Be no, don't worry, be thankful. Can't you read your bulletin? It's right there. Don't worry, be thankful. Don't worry, be happy was a sappy little song from the late 80s, early 90s. Don't worry, be thankful is the title of today's sermon. It's right there. Right in front. Goodness. So don't worry, be thankful. We live in a worried world. We worry about all kinds of things. We worry about everything. And I believe that we cannot experience the peace of heaven when we worry about the things of earth. We cannot experience the peace of heaven when we worry about the things of earth. Does that make sense? It does to me. And I hope it does to you as well. Now how do I know this? How do I know that I can't experience the peace of heaven when I'm worried about the things of earth? That's what we're going to talk about today. That's where this formula comes into play. So if you've got your handy-dandy outline, you got your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to look here. Uh, we're going to fill in the first blank right away. The first blank on your outline this morning is don't worry. Don't worry. Easy for you to say, Sean, right? Easy for you to say. No, it's not. Because worrying is easy and, and trusting is hard. But we're going to talk about this idea of don't worry. You know, we worry about many, many things. We worry about lots of things in our lives. And God knows this. God knows your heart. He knows my heart. He knows what I'm concerned about. He knows what you're concerned about. He knows my worries. He knows your worries. He knows our fears. He knows our anxieties. He knows our struggles. He knows our problems. He knows our troubles. God knows all of these things. And you know what? Jesus knew that we are a people who worry. Jesus knew that we are worry warts. Look at Matthew 6 and start in verse 25. We're going to read 25 through 34. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? 
See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen? Amen to that. You know what? What does Jesus say? Very simply, he gives a command, don't worry. Do not worry. Well, what aren't we to worry about? He says, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about your life, what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink. The, the Greek word for life literally meant like the, the entire person, uh, the soul of a person. But it was what Jesus is referring to is the things that it takes to sustain our lives, like food and water. He says, do not worry about your life. He says, do not worry about your body, what you're going to wear. You know, he knows, God knows that we need to clothe our bodies. He knows what we need and he will provide. God, uh, Jesus gives two examples from nature. The first, he gives the example of birds. He says, think about the birds for a second. You know, and, and there are birds everywhere, right? I mean, everywhere we go, there are birds all over the place. There's, you know, sparrows and robins here, and there's uh, tropical birds in the, in the jungle. There's penguins in Antarctica. There's birds everywhere. And the amazing thing to me about birds is that God knows every single one of them. God sees every single one of them. He counts every single one of them. I, I, I wonder if, he's, if he names every single one of them. Oh, there goes Steve. There goes Steve's brother, Steve. Steve the third. I don't know. But I, it's possible, right? Well, God, Jesus says that God knows every bird and he feeds every bird. Birds have no ability to plant crops or to harvest crops. They don't have opposable thumbs. How are they going to operate a combine? Thank you. But uh, the birds cannot take care of themselves, but rather, Jesus says, our Heavenly Father feeds them. God knows their needs, and He provides for them, and He takes care of them, and He feeds them, and He cares for them all. Every bird in the sky, He sees them all, and yet He feeds them all. And then Jesus says to think about the beauty of flowers. Think about, is there anything more delicate or beautiful than a, than a rose? Or maybe the, the beauty uh, of an orchid or the smell of a carnation. My favorite smelling flower is a carnation. I love the smell of carnations. It's such a sweet smell. God created that scent. He created that smell. And it's just beautiful. Think about the flowers for a second and how beautiful they are. I mean, roses and, and like I said, orchids and carnations and every kind of flower. Whether they're small or large, like think about a huge sunflower. And just how beautiful that is. And God, in all his creative wisdom, made them all. Made them all different and unique. And, and, and God cares for them. He is the one who sends the sun to shine on them. He's the one who sends the rain for them to grow. He's the one who put the nutrients in the soil for them to, to grow and to bloom. God did all of that. And he takes care of every flower. And he dresses them with brilliant colors and beauty. 
Jesus says that not even the richest king of Israel in Israel's history was dressed as resplendently as the flowers. That was my word of the day on my calendar. Resplendently. Isn't that nice? Huh? Yeah. I can spell it too. Flowers cannot sew. They cannot knit. Again, no opposable thumbs. And yet, God clothes them beautifully. And everywhere you see, even these, well, these aren't real flowers. They're silk flowers, but they're a representation of real flowers, right? These beautiful poinsettias. How many of you say poinsettia? How many of you say poinsettia? Ah, man. I figured second service would be cool and say it the right way. First service, everybody says poinsettia, but it's poinsettia. It's not poinsettia? Oh, okay. (laughs) The point Jesus is making is that if God takes care of the birds and God takes care of the flowers, how much more will he take care of us? Because here's the thing, okay? You and me, we are God's prized creation. He waited to the very end. And he he created the the heavens and the earth and he created the, the birds and the land and the sea and the animals. He said, it's all good. But then he created humanity. He created human beings. He says, this is very good. We are his prized creation. And if he cares for the birds like he does and feeds them, and if he cares for the flowers of the field and he clothes them with beauty, how much more will he take care of his prized creation? How much more will he take care of you and take care of me? And he will. He will. God is the one who takes care of us. And if he takes care of the birds and the flowers, he will take care of us. And uh, uh, Jesus says there, he goes, uh, he calls the, those who are listening to him, he calls his disciples, O ye of little faith. O you of little faith. And how little faith do we have? How much we are of little faith. It's we of little faith. Not ye of little faith, but we of little faith. We don't trust God like we should. We don't believe God like we should. He says, I will take care of you. Trust me. And yet we find it so hard to do that. You know, we, and Jesus is right. When he calls us little, that we says we have little faith, he's absolutely right. That we do have little faith. And, and you know what? Why? Why do we have such little faith when God is so good and God is so faithful? Why do we have such little faith? Do we go through hard times? Absolutely. How many of you had a, anybody having a hard time today? Anybody going through a struggle? We have hard times. We do have struggles. Absolutely. You know what? God sees us in our hard time. God sees us in our struggle. But I wonder how many times in my life do I have struggles and do I have hard times that I brought on myself? There are days when I know that my situation, I made my bed and now I got to lie in it. And God is good, and God is merciful, and I don't always face the consequences of my boneheaded decisions, but sometimes I do face those consequences, and I wonder, why, God, why? When in reality, God has been so good and so faithful to me. He has protected me, and He has watched out for me, and He's protected you and watched out for you. God is good, and God is faithful, and we have to do things His way. You see... What happens is we try to do things our way. I try to do things my way. I try and do things the way I think they should go. And I'm going to do this, and I got this, and I'll take care of this. And in reality, I need to do things God's way. What does Jesus say? He says, seek first 
the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that you worry about, God will take care of those things. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. What does that mean? That means that we seek first the rule and reign of God in our lives. That we seek Jesus' leadership and lordship first. That's what we are called to do. To seek Jesus' leadership and lordship first. And his righteousness. Rather than our own righteousness, rather than our self-righteousness, rather we seek God's righteousness. We trust God to provide for our needs and we trust God to provide for our salvation. And we put our faith and trust in Jesus and we believe in him. We repent from sin. We confess our faith and we get baptized. And God says he will forgive our sins and wash us clean. You know, how many times do we, do we not trust him? How many times do we not obey him? How many times do we not do what he tells us to do or we do the things that he tells us not to do? How many times do we worry ourselves sick? You know, Jesus asked the question, how many of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? It's impossible. You cannot add a single hour to your life by worrying. In fact, if anything, the scientists have told us that worrying takes away from your life. It takes away hours from your life. It it not only reduces your life in quantity, but it will reduce your life in quality. I like what Irma Bombeck said. Irma Bombeck said that worrying is like sitting in a rocking chair, rocking in a rocking chair. It's something to do, but you don't get anywhere. Or the, or the uh, quote in your bulletin, the quote on the handy-dandy outline. Worrying is a lot like banging your head against the wall. It only feels better when you stop. It's absolutely right. It only feels better when you stop worrying. So quit worrying. Jesus says to stop worrying. Instead of seeking the things of this world and worrying, let's learn to trust God for our needs. The second blank on your outline is instead pray. So the first part of the formula is don't worry. The second part of the formula is instead pray. Well, instead of what? Instead of worrying. What should we pray about? What does Paul say? Everything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Tell God what you need. There isn't anything about which we should not pray. There is not a thing, that there's not a situation you're facing, there's not a struggle that you're having, there's not a problem in your life that you shouldn't pray about. You should pray about everything. Tell God what you need, Paul says. Tell God what you need. So what do you need? What do you need that, that you think, I can do this on my own, I can handle this by myself. What do you need? Tell God. Talk to Him. Pray to Him. Pray to God. Tell Him what you need. The question is, is, you know, who are you trusting to provide? Are you trusting in yourself or are you trusting in God? In Matthew chapter 7, verses 9 through 11, Jesus said, Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? God is the one who provides for our needs. God delights in providing for his children. You ever think of it that way? How much more will your heavenly Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? That God delights in giving gifts to his children? That God actually takes delight in you and in giving? You know, there's nothing like giving a gift to your kid. There's nothing like giving a gift to your child. There's just a look on their face. They, oh, 
And, and then the over-exaggeration, it's just what I've always wanted. You're seven. You've always wanted this. It just came out on DVD last week. This is what you've always wanted, always. But it's a great feeling to give that gift and, ah, 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 yes, and, you know, oh, I'm so excited. That's a wonderful feeling. God delights magnify that by a million times. God delights in giving good gifts to His children. God delights in providing for our needs. He's not up in heaven begrudgingly going, oh, well, I guess i got to feed Him. God loves to give gifts to His children. He loves to take care of His children. Think about your own children for a minute. Think about your own kids. Do you enjoy taking care of them? There are days, I know. But of course you do. When your child comes to you and says, Daddy... I need a drink of water. As long as it's not 3 o'clock in the morning, everything's good. You're like, oh, let me get that for you, son. Here you go. We delight in giving good gifts to our children, and God delights in giving good gifts to us. He enjoys taking care of us. In James chapter 1, verse 17, James wrote, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. God gives us every good gift that we need. So why wouldn't we talk to him about our needs? Why wouldn't we go to him and say, Father God, I have a need. You know, we, we wonder, why isn't God providing? Well, when was the last time you asked God to provide? When was the last time you went to him and said, Father, I need, I need your help. I need you. I need your provision. I need your strength. I need your comfort. I need your peace. When was the last time you went to God and said, Father God, I have a need, and I need you to provide? You know, in, in 1 Peter chapter one, uh, chapter 5, verse 7, Peter wrote, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. That word anxiety in the Greek right there is the same word that Jesus used when he said, Do not worry. That word anxiety is the same word for worry in the Greek. Don't worry, cast all your worries on God because He cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on God because He cares for you. Cast all your fears on God because He cares for you. He cares for you. What an amazing word, that word cares. That God actually cares for you. He's not angry with you. He's not disappointed. He's not mad at you. He's not... He's not up in heaven waiting to smite you. He cares for you. I mean, he really cares for you. And for me, you know, the Old Testament says the same thing. Same thing. In Psalm 55, 22, the psalmist wrote, Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. The prophet Nahum said something very similar in chapter 1, verse 7. He says, The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in Him. God literally and totally cares for you. Oh, no, no. He doesn't care about... Yes, He does. He will give you everything you need. He cares for those who trust in Him. He will never let the righteous fall. Do you see the correlation about righteousness? When God makes you righteous, He will never let you fall. He will never let you, he will never give up on you. He will never run away from you. He cares for you.
So what do we pray about? We pray about everything. Our cares, our worries, our fears, our anxieties. We pray about it because He cares for us. We pray about everything. We bring Him our, we bring him our petitions. We bring Him our requests. We bring Him our cares. I'm convinced that there are two reasons that we don't pray. There are two reasons we don't pray. The first is, we don't believe that God is able to provide. We don't believe that He is able to provide. We don't think that He is powerful enough to provide. We'll say things like, well, God's got so many other things to worry about. Uh, There's the typhoon victims in in the Philippines, tornado victims in Washington, Illinois. Uh, There's the, uh, the situations going on in the Middle East that God's got bigger things to worry about than me. You're telling me that the God who, by his very breath, spoke the universe into this whole universe into being, that he can't handle your problems too? God is big, and God is great, and God is powerful, and God is awesome, and God can do anything, including take care of you and me. But see, we... We think, oh, God can't handle my problems. Of course he can. Of course he can. So we don't think that God is able to help us, or we don't think that God is willing to help us. We doubt his power. We doubt his goodness. Yet God has been so faithful and so good over all this time. He has been so good, and he has been so faithful to us. And we think, well, no, he's more concerned about somebody else, or he's more concerned about someone else, or he's more concerned about something else. No, God is concerned about you. He cares for you. You are his prized creation. He sent his one and only. That's how I know. That's how I know he cares for you. That's how I know he cares for me. That's how I know he loves me. That he sent his one and only son to die for me and to die for you. He sent his one and only son to pay the penalty, to pay the punishment, to take our sins and wash them away. That's how I know he cares for me. That's how I know he loves me. That is the ultimate expression of God's goodness. That he is good. He's not angry. He's not mad. He's not evil. He's not vindictive. He's not vengeful. When we trust in Him, and when we put our faith in Him, He comes to us and says, My child, I care for you. I care about you. Can you feel it? Do you sense it? Do you know it? Do you believe it? Because it's true. It's absolutely true. God loves us and he is intensely interested and concerned for our lives how do i know this jesus said that the very hairs number of hairs on your head are numbered that your hairs are numbered that god knows how many hairs are on your head he knows okay i'm I'm going to speculate a little bit here but i i'm willing to bet that god knows the number of red blood cells coursing through your body at this very moment God knows how long your toenails are. Funky as they are. God knows. Why? Because God knows. Because there's nothing that God does not know. Is that a double negative? God knows everything. 
We'll say it that way. God knows absolutely everything. And He knows it about you. And He knows it about me. He knows it about us. He knows all about us. He knows our struggles with temptation. He knows our struggles with sin. He knows our struggles with doubt. And yet He loves us just the same. He never stops loving us. So don't doubt His love. And don't doubt His power. And don't doubt His goodness. Because God is good. The last blank on your outline, the third part of this formula, the end of the formula, is be thankful. To be thankful. So don't worry. Instead, pray and be thankful. Paul said, tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. You know, we just celebrated Thanksgiving, right? How many of you ate too much turkey? How many of you ate too much stuffing? No? Okay, well, pretty good. Nice. Sticking to your diets this year. Very good. Very good. I ate too much turkey and ham. Oh, I didn't mention ham, did I? See, now, yeah. Okay. But uh, we just got through Thanksgiving, and it's, it's almost like we as Americans just can't wait to get through that holiday because we're so excited about Christmas. We get so geeked up for Christmas, you know, and, and the gifts and the shopping and the presents and the gifts. Did I say gifts already? And the gifts, you know, and it's like, oh, we get so geeked up about Christmas that we kind of forget about Thanksgiving. It's like, oh, that's nice and everything. Thank you, Lord. Okay, now, when does the Black Friday sale start? Or or Brown Thursday. Oh, I can go shopping at 6 o'clock on Thanksgiving now if I can get myself up off the couch after too much turkey and a turkey coma induced by tryptophan, right? I can go shopping on Thanksgiving now. Yay. Deals and bargains galore. And we forget about Thanksgiving. We forget to give thanks. This is terrible. I mean, this is awful. We rush right past this day of giving thanks in order to focus on sales and on stuff and on Christmas. We need to pause. We need to stop and to give thanks for all He has done. And that we need to stop and we need to remember all that He has done. Because God has been good and God has been faithful so how has God been good to you? How has God been faithful to you? In Psalm 116, verse 12, the psalmist wrote, How can I repay the Lord for all His goodness to me? How can I repay the Lord for all His goodness to me? And five verses later, in Psalm 116, verse 17, he says, I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will sacrifice a thank offering and call on the name of the Lord. How has God been faithful to you? And how can you repay Him for all His goodness? You thank Him for all He has done. I will sacrifice a thank offering. So God, how has God provided for your needs? How has God reached into the midst of your, of your suffering? How has He reached into the midst of your pain and given you healing? How has God reached into the midst of loneliness and given you comfort? How has God delivered you in times of trouble? How has He protected you when you've been scared? How has He healed you when you've been broken? How has He forgiven you when you've sinned? See, that's the greatest gift of all. That's the number one reason to thank God is for the forgiveness that He gives us despite all of our past failures, despite all of our past uh, falling short. Despite all the past sins, God has reached into our world and He has sent His Son and He has brought us forgiveness. God has been so good to you. He's been so good to me. We need to be thankful. 
We need more than 10% gratitude. You know what 10% gratitude is? Jesus' uh, story is told in Luke's Gospel. I read this the other night at our community Thanksgiving service. story from Luke's Gospel about 10 lepers who were healed. Jesus healed 10 men from leprosy. And he told them to go and show themselves to the priest and, and to show that they had been healed. And so they go on their way rejoicing and they're healed on the way. And only one turns around and comes back and says thanks. That's 10%. That's 10% gratitude. 10 were healed. And only one come back to say thank. Come back, came back to say thanks. Ninety percent just went on their way, as though it were no big deal. One came back to give thanks. How are we doing in our lives? Are we giving a hundred percent gratitude, eighty percent, forty percent, even ten percent? How much thanksgiving are we really giving? May we be more than ten percenters. May we be more grateful than the 90% who walk away and never return. See, everything is a gift. Every blessing is a gift from God. And we need to be thankful for the blessings that He gives and for the comfort that He gives and the joy that He gives and the salvation that He gives. We need to be thankful for these things because everything, like I said, is a gift. So we need to quit hoarding these gifts that He has given. We need to quit hoarding what doesn't belong to us our time, our time is a gift. It is a gift from God. We don't need to hoard it. We don't need to be self-obsessed with it. We need to give our time back to God. Our talents, the gifts that He has given to us, the abilities we have, we need to give those talents back to God. Our treasure, our money, our resources, our things, our belongings, all the treasures that He has given to us, they don't belong to us, they belong to God. We give it back to Him for building His kingdom and helping others. Thanksgiving. Giving a thankful offering of sacrifice. Thanksgiving and sacrifice are the evidence of a heart that truly understands that God is good. Thanksgiving and sacrifice are the evidence of a heart that truly understands that God is good. If you look back at Matthew 6, if you still have your Bibles open, Matthew 6, 34, Jesus says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. It reminds me of a great proverb from Proverbs chapter 30, verses 8 and 9, where the writer of Proverbs says, Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. We need to ask God for our daily bread and not worry about tomorrow. I got a challenge for you today. I'm going to have a couple people come up. And they're going to hand you a sheet. They're going to hand you a paper. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Selena. I hope I have enough. You may have to share, and I have an extra copy up here, so if we do run out, we'll be fine. This is called the worry page, okay? This is called the worry page, and uh, I want you to, I've, I think I did this once before, it's been a while though, and so maybe you've never seen it, or maybe you've never received it. This is the worry page, and uh, I want you to take the things that you're worried about. What are you worried about? There are things in our lives that we worry about that we can control. My health, for example, my weight. I can control my weight. You know how I can control my weight? I can eat less and exercise more. 
Do I eat less and exercise more? No. I eat more and exercise less. Therefore, my sweater is tight. Didn't notice that because it's black in color and black hides well. So that's just a little tip from your Uncle Sean. Um, But there are things in my life that I have some semblance of control over that I worry about. Like I said, my health. I may worry about my health, but you know what? There are things that I can do to improve my health by living a healthier lifestyle. So I'm going to put the things that I can control, things that I can work on, I'm going to put those on the left. The stuff I can control, I'm going to put those on the left. I'm going to quit worrying about them, and I'm going to do something about them. On the right side, I'm going to write down things that I worry about that I can't control, that I have no control over whatsoever. My kid, okay? For all you parents, you know you have no control over your children, right? Or very little control. Okay, all right, well, let's be honest. It's hard to control your children, right? Right? Okay, okay, all right. Talking to the wall. Okay, so... So like the things that I worry about that I can't control, I'm going to put those things on the right. And then there's seven of them for a very specific reason. I want you to take one thing a day and pray about it. So the thing in number one, let's say it's your finances. I'm worried about my finances. I I can't get a second job or uh, I've got uh, a disability or something like that. I'm worried about my finances. I can't control it. Put it on number one, finances. And then on Sunday, first day of the week, you're going to pray for that thing. And maybe number two is your kids. Okay, I can't control my kids, so I'm going to put kids on number two, and I'm going to pray for, those, for my kids on day two on Monday. Number three, maybe it's your relationship with your spouse. Okay, I can't control that. Uh, I can try and be a better spouse, but I can't control my spouse, so I want to pray. I'm worried about my spouse. I want to pray for my spouse. Is, does this make sense? Okay, we got it? All right, I don't have to go to day four, right? Okay, we're good. All right, so, but I have found this to be very helpful uh, for a lot of people. It's just a way of kind of identifying, these are the things I worry about, and I'm not going to worry about the stuff I can't control. That's the stuff I've got to give it over to God. The things that I'm worried about, I'm going to give it to Jesus and let God take care of these things that I'm worried about because I have no control over them. Okay? I didn't tell a joke yet. So we want to give these things over to God. We're going to quit worrying about them. We're going to follow the formula. Don't worry. Instead, pray. And we're going to be thankful for all that God has done. And like I said, you know, we worry about so many things. And we're going to take our worries. We're going to take our fears. We're going to plug them into this this, uh, sheet, into the worry page. And we're going to follow the formula of don't worry. Instead, pray and be thankful. And like I said, I told you earlier that this is a formula for peace in your heart. Let me tell you why I know that. Because in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, this is what Paul said. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Amen.